Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecallendershow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. For the first two hours, we talked about the the World Economic Forum's, I think, keynote address yesterday by Argentina's President Javier Millet. Gave you all the sound bites. Um, The whole speech runs like 22 minutes, so you can watch the whole speech, but uh, I gave you the highlights. uh, And they ran, and I could have pulled a little bit more, obviously, but they ran, my highlights totaled, I don't know, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 12 to 14 minutes, I think. I also have a correction to make. I said that there was only one entrant into the uh, the dumbassery awards for 2024. It's like every week I'm going to try to find. I'm just kidding. I'm not, I don't have to try to find it. These things just present themselves. And so uh, I I've got these the World Economic Forum, and I was I was going to say that this one act that they had up there singing. And there's a writer named Theo Jordan. Uh, he's got a Substack, and I follow him on there. But he said, if 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 I could choose one clip to represent the cult-like movement consuming the West, it would be this one. Right. That. Yeah. This is this is the entertainment that they had going on at the World Economic Forum. Some dude with a guitar, classical, and this woman in a tie-dye dress, and she's doing this thing with her hands, where it's like a you know, like kind of like a, what, what would you call this? Like a like a waving of the hands, like a rolling waving of the hands, and then the fingers are all like kind of like she's playing an air guitar, but not not an air guitar, like like with one hand out and strumming along, but like with like her waving hands and so her fingers are all like moving almost like you would do like when you're warming up for an exercise. Oh no, it's more, is this like a wax on? No, wax off. Send the floor. Was it send the floor? No. Now anyway, so she's flailing around with her hands and then she's doing this thing with the fingers. Like she's like tapping on air or whatever. And she's doing this yodel thing or whatever. And uh, of course you got this whole packed room of elites that are just sitting there in, you know, rapt attention and awe. So brave. This is so moving. Oh, this is such a an honor and a tribute. I remember talking to a fella. His name is uh, Brian Baltasowicz. He uh, does the Queen City podcast. And uh, years ago, this was, oh gosh, this was probably a decade ago. Yeah. And we were talking about, <laughs> we were talking about, the difference between, and I think he was quoting a comedian who who noted this difference between commercial talk radio and public radio. So this is, quote, commercial talk radio, commercial radio, and the public radio is taxpayer funded. And so, uh, and and there are all sorts of strings that are attached with that, and the, and the NPR folks will tell you, well, we don't get that much money. Yeah, but you get a bunch, okay? You, you, do, get, you do get public funds for that. Um, 
But he made the joke, like something like uh, to the effect of like, how is it that the the commercial stations and all the news talk, all these conservative stations, like you're, you know, you get bump tunes of, you know, the Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, Rage Against the Machine, like all these, all these like, you know, bands and songs that, that are like awesome to listen to and high energy. And he's over on the, the NPR side. It's like we get like the the Tibetan throat callers. <laughs> you know why is that? Like who made that decision? And of course now we realize it's because of the virtue signaling. You know, it's like we all think this is garbage, but we think that you should appreciate it and so we're going to play it to you as a signal that we think that this is not garbage. And then, of course, you are forced to sit there and listen to. Like a flower or a tree. Like a flower or a tree. I'll throw my head back and sing. I throw my hand, my head back and I sing. I sing. I sing. Flowers don't sing, lady. I don't think trees do either. I don't know what she's saying there. I think that's a... Uh, oh, and then she does the... Ah, see, Gaia Earth appreciates your tribute. Gaia Earth, now throw a bunch of virgins in the volcano and we're set. Um, so that's the first entry. So what I'm going to do for this week's entry uh, for the 2024 Dumbassery Awards... Warning, oh, yeah. you're in the zone of dumbassery. Yes. Okay, so that was the first... Entry. I'm just. I'm going to group them. I think I'm going to group them together because that was the first uh, uh, act. But then there was also this one. I think this may have been like the opening ceremony or something where you've got. Oh, and I didn't. I, I described this earlier. You have this 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 woman, and she has like this round sort of feather hat going on. It's like it's like the brim of the hat, but it's all made of feathers. And then there's like three feathers sticking out the front. Um, she appears to be of Asian uh, ethnicity. She has uh, these little glasses on, like half, half like a like a bifocal looking thing, you know. And then she has a black diamond painted from the bridge of her nose, where her glasses are, down to like the sides of her mouth, like in a triangle off of the top of her nose. Black triangle goes down to the sides of her mouth, and then under her chin. And then the, that's the black triangle or the black diamond, I should say. Inside the black diamond, her nose, her mouth, her lips, her chin. That's all painted red. And she's standing there rubbing her hands together like this, like like in a praying position, but rubbing them together like she's trying to like, like if you were rubbing sticks together to start a fire, right? And so she's rubbing her hands together and she's got her eyes closed and she's saying this stuff. I don't know what any of it means. There's no, I, I have no transcript. Mm-hmm. Some sort of opening ceremony prayer, a prayer for opening. Uh, oh, wait, what? Okay. All right. So what she did right there was to basically like cough and blow through her praying hands. And she, she turns to the left and she does it. Then she turns to the center and does it. And then she does it to the right and does it. And she's like, like blowing out a spirit or something along with a whole bunch of lung juice. I'm not, yeah, I, I don't know what it means. I'm sure it symbolizes something. So she does that, then, then she has like a quick reset here. 
Once again, center. To the left. To the right. To the left. Center. Okay, now see, now that, if, I'm, if I were OCD, that would drive me nuts. Because she did it left, center, right. Then she did left, center, right. And then she did left, center. And never did the right. She didn't, she didn't complete the circle, you know? She, yeah, that would drive me nuts. But anyway, so we have now one, two, three, four, five, six individuals sitting in chairs. And uh, they are all, I guess, the elite that are getting ready to talk to us about how uh, smart they are and all of their solutions for the planet and that sort of thing. And so they really need this blessing, this prayer, before they start. So after she does that the thing, now she starts walking over to them, first person. <laughs> And she's blowing in their faces. Second. Yeah. Lady, do not be blowing your lung juice in my face. And they're all smiling. Like, oh, this is so compelling and rich. Compelling and rich. Like, again, I said it last hour. These are the people that told us to mask up, stay home, and social distance. And now... They literally have somebody on stage blowing lung juice into their eyes. Are you trying to start another pandemic? So I'm going to group these two performances together as a single entrant into this year's 2024 Dumbassery Awards. I think it's a strong contender. I think it's a strong contender. Russ says, Pete, last week with that cringe choir... And now this hot garbage from the World Economic Forum, you are abusing the host-audience power dichotomy. (laughs) Yeah, so what? Um, (laughs) uh, No, that's not my intent. I just figure if I have to hear... Well, look, here, I I got a message. I have a message from Jennifer, and she says she is laughing convulsively in her car. See? So... Uh, one man's earworm is another woman's riot. You know, uh, she's having a great old time listening to this dumbassery. So those are the, it's a, it's a dual entry world economic forum performance art. We'll call it. That's this week's entrant into the dumbassery of the year award. 2024. Terry would like to know, what do we call people who go to Davos? Davos Kratz? Davos Davos fascists, Davos nuts, Davos freaks, Davosians, Davosites, Davosians, ooh, Davotes. Mm, how about that? Um, the throne of dumbassery, subject line, this is from Mark. He says, Pete, that needs to be the theme music. <laughs> I love it, yes. That needs to be the theme music for your dumbassery segments. Hit it right after the tweet stinger at the end of your current announcement audio. <laughs> right. So I got to combine. So, all right, I'm going to be, all right, I got to do some production work now. I got to do some production. Well, but see, okay, hang on a second. Am I putting a thumb on the scale then for the final awarding of the dumbassery award? Right. Because if I'm exposing people to this every single week, People are going to say, well, it's part of your theme. They've heard it, you know, 50 times. Am I, am I tilting the scales? You know, I I don't know. Like, I, like if you're going to do an audit of this contest by whatever that 
agency is that audits all the game shows and stuff, I would probably fail because I've taken one of the one of the entries and I've made it a part of the theme song. But I do love the idea. What am I to do? Oh, I'm torn because I also would very much like to use that that identity politics choir song from last week because that was awful too. All right, depend. Like that's awful. Maybe I do a montage. Maybe a montage. But then some of the stories that are simply in print that I did, they would not enjoy. I don't know. I think I'm overthinking it. I think I'm overthinking it. I I should just go for the laugh. All right. I got some production to do. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply. At CarolinaReadiness.com, whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? So a couple things. I have some messages here to get to uh, regarding the, uh, well, well, we played the speech from Javier Millet. I was not planning to to take it this long, but you know what? We go where uh, the, the tide takes us. We are but listless vessels. <laughs> uh, and so uh, I got a lot, a lot of response from, uh, from hearing the, the clips from Millet, uh, but also Argentina. And um, and then, of course, we played the performances, two of these performances that were conducted at the World Economic Forum, and I have combined them into a single entry for this year's Dumbassery Award. Um, and we're taking a, 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 you know, one entry per week. Now if, one, now, if we end up with multiple entries in one particular week, I could try to bank one, you know, for a week where maybe we don't get an entrant into the contest. Maybe there's a... a uh, you know, a, a lack of dumbassery one week. You always, this is what I learned as a talk show host. You always have to have content in the pipeline, right? Because you never know. There could be a slow news day. Although they don't really happen anymore, but they used to a lot. So you always had to have stuff in the pipeline. Now I do so much show prep and and I don't get to like 90% of it. At some point I'll stop doing all the prep, but I don't feel like I can because Somebody will call in and ask, hey, have you seen this thing or heard this thing? And I'll say, I don't want to say no. So I'll say yes. So I have to keep, I got to keep up. I'm on the treadmill, folks. I can't get off the treadmill. Um, and let me get to some, um, some of these uh, tweets here. This is from Walkin' Bob. He says, Pete, actually, that music at Davos is quite good. It's good to see that Hunter Biden has branched off into writing music. I'm not sure how the big guy benefits from this, but I'd appreciate it if you could burn me a copy of that. That's Yeah. Well, see, it's not see, it's not that the big guy it's not that they're getting any money direct. Well, although they probably did pay. They probably did pay for his travel to Davos to perform like this, but maybe he just gets the royalties or something. Oh my gosh, am I helping to contribute to the Biden crime family by playing them? Is he getting ASCAP royalties here? Son of a Dang it. I did not mean I did not mean to be bribing the president. That is my bad. 
Melissa says, this performance is reminiscent of the gibberish sign language interpreter episode. <laughs> Remember that guy? Was that, was that Nelson Mandela's funeral? Right? Where they had some random guy up there doing, quote, sign language, and then people who actually know sign language are like, what is that guy doing? He's just he's just making hand gestures like left shark or right shark or whoever that shark was, whichever side of Katy Perry that shark was on that was not doing right. Like I was just making up stuff and it turned out he was not actually a sign language interpreter. He was literally just, just moving his hands around and doing crazy stuff. And it was a paying gig for him. Uh, Melissa says, I'm going with this gibberish because it's just too awful to be serious. Um, the boomers are never going to let us go. That's, uh, because that's the kind of stuff you would expect to see at, like, some, like, house party in Haight-Ashbury. <laughs> you know, like, oh, we couldn't get in to see the dead, so we're going to have to watch this chick and the guy on the guitar. And she yodels away. Just give me another hit of acid, you know? Um, Thomas says, Pete, I am surprised you did not recognize that talent. That singer graduated from Juilliard in 2021, was the 2022 winner of the Yoko Ono Music Scholarship <laughs> uh, at Harvard and was the 2023 finalist on The Voice. Now she is a singing guide at the John Kerry Academy for Global Warming. Who said no talent can get you a steady paying gig? That's fair. I don't watch those shows, though. So... <laughs> Um, Jan says, Pete, do you honestly think that there could be a week with no dumbassery? It's an election year. What are you talking about? That's true. That's true. Well, there may be like a dip, you know, there may be a decline, like in the summer months, maybe I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Yes. ASCAP royalties. That's what ASCAP. That's what it is. I think. Right. Um, I did get another message though. Um, yes, I got another message. From Debbie, who said it reminds her of Milton Friedman. That the president, not the singer, sorry, the president of Argentina reminds her of Milton Friedman. And Bernie told me that he does not know who Milton Friedman is. And so I have a soundbite here of Milton Friedman. Now, Milton Friedman made a, he did a lot of work. So there's a, there's a large body of work that you can watch YouTube videos and stuff from the, from the eighties, uh, about him. He was in a no, he was a Nobel prize winning economist. People referred to him as uncle Milty because he was, he was such an affable guy, a likable guy. He was funny and had a great disposition and, uh, he was an advisor to, uh, Ronald Reagan. So I have this clip. I'm going to play it. We don't, we don't have time to do it right now, but I want to play this. And maybe we do like a, a regular segment here, like the education of producer Bernie, where we expose him to things that uh, he has not been made aware of, just n through no fault of his own, through the fault of our K-12 government education system and him being younger, that so he wasn't you know, alive to see Milton Friedman when he was doing the Donahue show. So we'll do that in, this, in, in the next segment. Um, I, I got this from Tim. There's a guy named Doug Casey. He's been to 155 countries. And so he's he, he's been looking all over the place, and they ask this guy, Nick Gianbruno, says, uh, uh, what's your favorite place in the world? 
And if you had to settle down, like, where would this be? And so he's, he, he talks about all these different places, pros and cons of all these different places. Um, but he says Latin America, um, he ruled out Central America, he says, because it has no class. <laughs> he says, I've been to every country in Latin America numerous times. I could talk about all of them at length, but by process of elimination, best place it boiled down to, Argentina. It's got its problems. But regardless of the tremendously bad press it sometimes gets, it has fewer problems than any other place I can think of and more advantages. Um, It's the eighth largest country in the world with a population of 41 million people. But most of them are concentrated in and around Buenos Aires. And that means most of the country is empty. So once you're outside the capital, it's like wide open spaces, sort of old west atmosphere. Um. He says, uh, point two, it's true that everybody who goes into the government in Argentina has a very statist and collectivist mindset of all the countries in Latin America. Argentina has by far the strongest libertarian or classical liberal tradition, though. There isn't even a second place contender when it comes to that. It's a sophisticated, well-educated, outward-looking country. And then they, they have a saying there. One of the jokes that they say is the Mexicans came from Aztecs, the Guatemalans from the Mayans, the Peruvians from the Incans and the Brazilians from the jungles. But we came from the boats. In other words, nation of immigrants. Um, Other Latin American countries tend to resent the Argentines who are perceived as elitists. Um, Another popular joke there is, uh, what is an Argentine? He's an Italian who speaks Spanish, lives in a French house, and thinks he's British. (laughs) So there's a crash course in Argentina. I had no idea. So uh, we had a, a caller. Uh, she did not go on the air, but she said uh, her name was Debbie, and she said that this Argentinian president, Javier Millet, sounds a lot like or reminds her of Milton Friedman. And so Bernie relayed that to me and then admitted that he does, he does not know who Milton Friedman is. So I thought, well, this would be a good opportunity to learn Bernie, to learn the burn. I'm still trying to work on the, the marketing. We're taking suggestions. Yeah, so yeah. You call in, 570-1110. Yeah, learning with Bernie. Bernie learns. There's something there. I, I like Bernie learns. Bernie learns. Bernie learns. I'm learning every day. Well, that's good. That's a good yep, thing. If, is, learn something every new day. every day. Yep. Burn something new every day. No, because we don't want to be like <laughs> encouraging pyromania. Okay, I got to start this thing because it's like two and a half minutes. So this is from his appearance on the Donahue show, Milton Friedman. When you see around the globe the maldistribution of wealth, the the desperate plight of millions of people in underdeveloped countries, uh, when you see so few haves and so many have-nots, when you when you see the greed and the concentration, Donahue's a liberal, by the way. Aren't you ever? Did you ever have a moment of doubt about capitalism, and whether greed's a good idea to run on? Well, first of all, tell me, is there some society you know that doesn't run on greed? You think Russia doesn't run on greed? You think China doesn't run on greed? What is greed? Of course, none of us are greedy. It's only the other fellow who's greedy. <laughs> this, the world runs on individuals pursuing their separate interests. The great achievements of civilization have not come from government bureaus. Einstein didn't construct his theory under order from a, from a, a bureaucrat. Henry Ford didn't revolutionize the automobile industry that way. In the only cases in which the masses have escaped from the kind of grinding poverty you're talking about, the only cases in recorded history are where they, where they have had capitalism and largely free trade. If you want to know where the masses are worth, worse off 
worst off. It's exactly in the kinds of societies that depart from that. So that the record of history is absolutely crystal clear that there is no alternative way so far discovered of improving the lot of the ordinary people that can hold a candle to the productive activities that are unleashed by a free enterprise system. But it seems to reward, not virtue, as much as ability to manipulate the system. Uh, and what does reward virtue? You think the uh, communist commissar rewards virtue? You think a Hitler rewards virtue? You think, excuse me, if you'll pardon me, do you think American presidents reward virtue? Do they choose their appointees on the basis of the virtue of the people appointed or on the basis of their political clout? Is it really true that political self-interest is nobler somehow than economic self-interest? Boom. You know, I think you're taking a lot of things for granted. Indeed. And just tell me where in the world you find these angels who are going to organize society for us. Well, I don't even trust you to do that. That's Milton Friedman on the Donahue Show. He was on there a couple different times over the years. Wow. So what do you think? So he so he does sound like yeah. Malay, or that, Malay sounds like him. That was insightful. Yeah, I highly recommend. There's a thing called Freedom to Choose. It was a documentary. Um, that's one talking about the pencil. Like I, I use a pencil every day, and like you look at a pencil, and it's an achievement of trade, because the rubber comes from some plant. The wood comes from some tree somewhere else. The metal, it has to be made from those elements, and then it all comes together and produced into a pencil that costs you five cents. It's amazing. Like, that's what a market does. That's what a free market does. So that's Milton Friedman and uh, the first, I guess, the first episode. Well, the first episode of uh, Bernie Learns. But thank you. maybe the second one here, Monica wants to know, do you know about Jonestown Massacre? Oh, uh, uh, yes. Yes, oh. I do. With Jones Island, is that? No, no. This was the Kool-Aid, the drinking yes, of the Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so uh, he yeah. does know. All right, so he knows about that. Yes. There you go. That, was, that was crazy. People are going to start sad. emailing you stuff now. Oh, that's fine. Do you know Please about do. this? <laughs> do you know about that? All right. All righty. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. I enjoyed it. Don't break anything while I'm gone.